0: hello thanks again for watching this video today I want to talk about three important factors that we look into when someone is making a promise three major factors one is ability is the person making that promise are they able to fulfill the promise you know if you're looking for a job and then you get a call from the CEO of the company or you uh, from the business owner and they said to you come on Monday you're gonna start I'm sure you will trust their words you will believe them because that's the person that owns the business or the CEO that controls everything that goes on in the organization and so they have the ability to give you the job do you know it's not different from God as well God makes promises and the first thing we want to ask is is God able to fulfill the promise I tell you, God is able. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians 3:20 that our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, far above all that we can ask or think. So no matter how big your our desire might look to you, God has the ability. God has ability, the capacity, the capability. To bring it to pass and when you check the book of jeremiah 32 verse 27 god was asking a question he said i am the lord god of all flesh is there anything too hard for me there is nothing too hard for god god is able to do more than you could ask for The number two factor that you want to look into is what i call willingness you see someone might be able to help you but they might not be willing willingness is a different bargain someone has the capacity they have the capability the ability to help but they choose not. So let's ask ourselves: Is God willing to help you? I tell you, God is interested. God is willing to help you. God is kind. Is compassionate. Is so merciful. Is willing to help you. In the book of Matthew, chapter eight, verse two to three, there's a story of a leper who came to Jesus. The guy said, "If you will, if you will, then you can make me whole." I love the answer that Jesus gave him. Jesus said, "Listen, I'm." willing I am willing so behold you know I'm willing that you receive your healing God is willing that you receive your healing God is willing that you will experience great turnaround in your life God is willing that you will get that business opportunity God is willing that you will get the job opportunity God is willing that whatsoever you lay your hands upon will prosper so number one God has ability number two God has the willingness is willing to help you the third thing you want to check is what I call a reliability if someone is making you a promise number one you check is that person able number two are they willing to help you number three if, even if they are willing do they have a track record to see that they've done in the past they can do it again can you take their words for it Our God is reliable. Our God is faithful. Our God is unswerving. Our God is loyal. Our God is trustworthy. You can be rest assured that what God has promised you is gonna bring it to pass. In the book of Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says, know therefore that the Lord your God is the faithful God. He keeps covenant and is so steadfast God keeps covenant from one generation up to a thousand or more generations. What God has promised you, He will bring it to pass because God is reliable. God has never made a promise to anyone and won't bring it to pass, except if you choose not to work with God. God is willing, God is able, and God is reliable. Even when we are faithless, God is always faithful. God is always faithful because God cannot deny Himself. You see, the word of the Lord is upright. The word of the Lord is strong. His lawyer is settled in heaven and the earth. I've come to encourage you today. You cannot give up on God. My God is able. Don't give up on God. Cause he won't give up on you. He's able. God is able. God is willing. God is reliable. I want to pray for you. For what you are trusting God for. It will soon manifest. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for my brother, for my sister watching this video. Lord, I commit their heart desires to your hands. I pray for them that let their answers be speedy. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray for you that doors of opportunity begin to open for you. I hereby pray for you every expectation of your heart shall become manifestation. Your expectations shall not be cut short. Concerning your heart desires, I pray that they will become manifestation. You will soon share your testimony in the powerful name of Jesus. Thank you, faithful God. Thank you, reliable God. Thank you, able God. For in Jesus' mighty name we prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you and please check out other videos because I know they will bless you.
1: Just breathe your name upon us, breathe. Thank you, Jesus. Just breathe your name upon me, breathe, Lord. Yo, is your name? Breathe, Lord. Just breathe your name upon me, breathe. Just breathe your name upon us, breathe. We need your breath, oh God. Just breathe. Your name upon me, breathe, Lord. Your mm. is your name. Breathe, Lord. Please breathe. Your name upon me, breathe. The song says, Father to child. Spirit to spirit, lighted by your word. Mm. With your bread of life, as I come alive. That's our change, my world.
0: The breath of God carries power. The breath of God carries transformation. The breath of God is what you are now in need in all areas of our lives. The breath of God is the only thing that makes a difference in the life of a man. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, Ezekiel recounts how the Spirit of God took him to a valley of dry bones. The Bible says that. The valley was filled with dry bones, scattered everywhere. You know, in the scriptures, the word valley uh, represents a bad situation. Valley is bad enough. And then when you now have a situation where the place is a valley, and then you got dry bones scattered everywhere, how bad could it get? The Bible says, according to Ezekiel, is that God asked him and said, Son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel replied with a kind of answer that you and I possibly would have given. He said, Lord, only you know. Because the situation was too bad, it was beyond any human comprehension to say that the bones would come back to life. The bones were not even together. All the bones were scattered. Then God instructed him and said, this is what I wanted to say, prophesy. The first time Ezekiel prophesied, the Bible said he began to hear rattling sound, as even as he was prophesied. Bones were looking for bones. The skull was looking for the right legs. Connections began. That was the first stage of miracle. Things began to happen. But wait. That was not where God was going to. Even as they were looking for each other, they connected the first level of miracle. And suddenly, flesh began to fall on them. They began to gain flesh. And they began to gain skin. But wait. The Bible said, still there was no breath. They were still dead. And some of us, We kind of just dwell on that level where we think that, oh, anyway, I'm not dry. You begin to say, oh, I'm not dry like that person. I'm at that level. I'm still covered. Listen, the glory of God upon your life is going to be greater because God is not going to stop at that level or being covered with flesh or being covered with skin. God is taking you somewhere according to that scripture. The second step, God instructed Ezekiel to begin to command and prophesy and say, come, breath from the wind, from the four winds. As they began to prophesy, the Bible says that breath came upon those dead bodies. They stood up. They became a great army. The situation that was dead, listen, let me just take you a step back. They were in the dry bones. They were dry bones. They were in the valley. No hope for them anymore. No hope for them. But suddenly, suddenly, there came a breath upon them. Dry bones, their situation stood up. They became a great army. Whatever has been drying your life, I come with good news for you. The same God of Israel that changed the hopeless situation in the Valley of Dry Bones and changed them to became a great army. I'm here to tell you that the same God is going to work miracles in your life. No more shall your situation be called hopeless because the Lord is raising hope. The Lord is giving you hope. Hope for your marriage hope for your situation hope for your business hope for your career in the mighty name of jesus i hereby pray for you today every situation in your life every situation in your life that represents dryness i speak the word of the lord upon them i command them to begin to rise up in the mighty name of jesus that situation, that situation in your marriage, in your relationship that you think is dry, that situation in your career that you think that you have come to the end of the road, I hereby prophesy let doors of opportunity begin to open for you in their own accord. Doors, many, many opportunities, and then begin to open for you in your spirit. Maybe you are thinking you are dead, that is gone. Listen, dry bones, according to the word of Ezekiel, they could hear. You possibly think that because they are dead, they cannot hear. They could hear. And so I speak to every tribal in your life. Begin to receive life in all areas of your life. In the powerful name of Jesus. Thank you, King of Glory. Father, we bless your name for this wonderful testimony. In the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's such an interesting story in the book of Judges, chapter 3, verse 31. It's uh, about a guy called Shamgar, you know, who happened to fight the enemies of Israel. The Bible says that he fought and he killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. I don't know about you, uh, but nobody goes to war with an ox goad. An ox goad is actually an implement or a tool for farming. Farmers normally use ox goad to direct animals. But hey, this is, this, is, this is what the guy used to fight the enemies and he killed 600 of them. The Bible says he too ruled Israel. Now this is so interesting because you and I could be like Shamgar or we could choose not to be like him. How do I mean? God has given you a tool that's a talent, that's a skill that God has given to you. But you might choose to use it just like Shamgar did. Or you and I might just be sitting waiting for other people's approval or you are just afraid of failure or you're just thinking to yourself oh it's not too good oh I'm not too good you're waiting for the perfect timing I tell you what you might not get perfect timing and you might not even get the approval from people as a matter of fact you might be getting all forms of discouragement people might tell you you are not good enough or the tool you have in your hands is not good enough Whereas God has given you a big idea that's going to transform the world. What are you waiting for? God has blessed you with a tool, with a talent, with a skill required to make your life an abundant source of blessing to other people. You can't sit back and be waiting for people as You've got to stand up and say, now I'm going to engage the tool that God has given to me. I'm talking to you. It's time for you to start working on that thing. God needs to bless other people as a result of you engaging your skill and talent. And even as Shamgar, he could have chosen to sit back, he could have chosen to just go and hide himself. He could have chosen to just be waiting for people to approve him, but he didn't do that. He came forward, he went to battle, and with very unlikely instrument, he went to war, and he won it. He killed 600 enemies. I'm saying to you, what is it that God has given to you? Is it? Idea Is it a skill, is it talent that God has given to you? It's time to engage it. I wanna pray for you today. Father, I pray for my brother and my sister watching this video. There's something that you have deposited in them as they go out to manifest uh, your, your grace upon their lives. So I hereby pray for confidence, I pray for boldness. As you go, may you do great exploits. May people be blessed as a result of you engaging that thing that God has given to you. I pray for grace upon your life. I pray for encouragement from the Lord. May you find favor in all your ways. In Jesus' mighty name I pray for you. Thank you for watching. God bless you. I want to say a big thank you to you for watching uh, my videos on this series called Be Encouraged. I just pray and I hope you have been blessed Please share with your friends because I want to do that this would encourage somebody. You know, I grew up in um, in a rural town. You know, I, I didn't grow up in the city. Uh, we used to walk down from school to my house. You know, the children would just walk down. There were no taxis. Uh, there were no Ubers. There were no lifts so uh, whether it's 40 minutes walk we just kind of enjoyed it we walked down from our schools back to our different homes and as children anytime we came to a tree that had fruits what do we do? we carry stones and sticks because we wanted to get our own portion of the fruits so we start we will start throwing stones and sticks just to make sure that the mango will fall so that we can grab the mangoes or, or, or orange uh, And that was my experience growing up and this is just what happens when you see fruit bearing trees they say that stones and sticks are thrown only at fruit bearing trees when we see a tree that is not bearing any fruit we just walk past if your life is a fruit bearing life if your life carries potential then don't be surprised when people begin to throw stones and sticks at you. A very good example was the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, chapter 37. Do you know that even as Joseph kept dreaming, the more he dreamt, the angrier his brothers became. The more he wore his multicolored coat, the angrier his brothers became. Why? because Joseph carried potential Joseph had a vision and they could not understand his brothers could not understand why you? why must it be Joseph? maybe you're asking yourself you're saying why me? why am I the one that people are just saying this about? why me? why am I going through this? I want to encourage you things are happening to you because you carry fruits on your tree Things are happening to you because you carry the potential God has blessed you with something you keep your eyes on your vision keep your focus keep going forward let me say this to you whether you move on in life or you sit down in one place it does not matter people will still talk about you so why can't you just focus on the vision that God has given to you focus on your business idea focus on your plan what did you plan to do this year do you want to to take extra lessons do you want to take extra course do you want to go into that program or people are saying "Mm, you are too old to go to to do it no focus on your vision people can say all kinds of nasty things about you keep your eyes remember yourself he kept dreaming does that mean that you won't go through issues no you will go through issues but I want to say this to you no matter how hard or whatever the enemy plans for you it will always come back for your good that is what Joseph said he told his brothers what you guys meant for evil the Lord has turned it around for my good so I'm encouraging you today no matter what people are saying about you keep trusting God keep your focus on your vision and as you go ahead in life no matter how difficult no matter how bad things they are saying about you will always come round for your good i pray for you today may you find grace may you find favor to keep on in life may you find grace not to succumb to distractions may you find grace to go on in ministry may you find grace to fly in your business may you find grace to continue to strive to continue to march forward in your career may you find grace that will make you to continue to do exploits in whatever you lay your hands on. May you find grace to make that marriage work. Yes, may you find grace in your home. May you find grace upon your children. Continue, keep praying, keep trusting God. And even as you do so, your testimonies will come speedily. And whatever the enemy might have meant for your evil, remember, it will come back for your good. Jesus loves you. Thank you for watching and God bless you. Amen. Hello, how are you doing today? I just want to share something with you that my wife shared with me during one of our morning devotions. It's taken from the book of Acts chapter 28 it's uh, about the story of Paul in that chapter Paul and his friends they just had a terrible shipwreck and so because it was raining and it was really cold you know they were sitting at the shore um, trying to get heat from the fire Um, and then Paul was looking for sticks to put into the fire you know just so that they could get more heat from the fire but all of a sudden, a snake jumped on his fingers while he was gathering the sticks. And so people that were watching him, they look at him and say, "Wow, this guy must be a sinner, because he just survived a shipwreck. And now, because of the nature of his sin, snakes would not even let him leave. So they called him a murderer. They said, no, there's, there's no doubt. This guy is suffering from, he's going to get repercussions. I mean, he's going to get punished for his sins. That's why even though he survived shipwreck, snakes will kill him. So they called him a murderer. But Paul just shook up the snake into the fire. And so the people were just waiting for Paul to fall down and die. So after a while, Paul did not die. And he just, as if nothing happened to him. So the same set of people look at him and say, hmm, maybe this guy is not a sinner. Maybe he's not a murderer. Do you know they called him a God? They said, hmm, he must be a God. Now, what do I want to bring out? There are people around us that we see they are going through issues of life or they are facing challenges. But you cannot come into conclusion that they are sinners. No only God sees the bigger picture when people are going through issues of life you cannot point fingers at them and say oh they are suffering as a result of their sin the best you can do for them is to pray for them the best you can do is to support them the best you can do is to encourage them not to call them sinners and Maybe you are Paul in this situation. Maybe you are the one going through issues. And because of that, people are pointing fingers at you. They are calling you names. They are calling you forsaken. They are calling you sinners. I have a good news for you today. The Bible says that God has given you a new name, Beulah and Elzeba. Because your land shall be married. And I want you to know something. The same set of people that call you sinners, they are coming back to celebrate with you. They are coming back to rejoice with you. I don't know what you're going through, but I want to assure you that situation is not going to kill you. Is it a sickness? Is it a challenge? Is it a problem? No matter what it is, you are coming out better. You are coming out stronger. You are coming out wiser. No matter how bad the situation is. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons why you're still standing today is because God wants to bring out His glory in that situation. You know, it's like when the disciples, when they met the man, the the, the man that was blind from womb. That was sick that was blind from the womb. So they were asking Jesus. They were saying, hmm, who sinned? was it this man's father or the mother because there must be an explanation for it why could why would somebody be born blind in their mindset they thought somebody must have sinned i so much love the answer that jesus gave them jesus said no none of them sinned it happened so that god's glory might be revealed so what are you going through today i want to encourage you it is so that god's glory might be revealed upon your life and I wanna encourage you again, no matter what you're going through, please hold on to God because you are coming out stronger. You are coming out better. You are gonna share your testimony. And once again, the same set of people that have pointed their fingers at you, they've called you name, they are coming back to rejoice with you. If you don't mind, let me just say a word of prayer with you. Dear Lord, I wanna pray for my brother, and my sister watching this video. Lord, you know what they're going through. It could be sickness it could be relationship issues it could be career issues it could be work it could be business whatever area is i hereby pray for restoration i pray that you are coming out stronger you're coming out better where people have called you names i pray that you will be celebrated the grace and mercy of god will rest upon your life in jesus mighty name i prayed amen amen Thank you for watching, and God bless you.
2: Hello everyone. I'm here to talk about one of the topics that I'm very passionate about. And you know, in Songs of Solomon 2.15, where the Bible talks about the little foxes that spoiled the vines and also talking about the fact that those vines are very tender. I like to liken those vines to our hearts. So the Bible also talks about the fact that we have to guard our hearts with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. You know, if we think that, oh, I'm not a sinner, I cannot lie, I cannot steal, I cannot murder. What about those little foxes that spoil the vines? We have to allow the Word of God To impact our lives a couple of ways we can come to the knowing of the Word of God one of them will be intellectually the other one will be experientially we have to know the Word of God we have to experience it we have to allow the Word of God to impact our lives we have to take heed lest we fall Some of us are born into Christian homes and therefore we're guarded against, we're fortified against those big sins. So there's no way we can fall into those sins. But also we have to be careful about the ones that are not that very obvious to people. Those are the ones, those are the little foxes that spoil the vines. And I pray as you watch me right now, I pray the Holy Spirit will help you to guard against those little foxes. And as we watch and pray, I pray it over well with us. God bless you.
0: The Bible says that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now we know of God's love that God loves us so much, but then not many people talk about Romans eight twenty eight, where the Bible says. All things work together for good to them that love God. That is the other side of the coin. Even when people, when we try to use the book of Romans 8.28, we are quick to remember the first line that says all things work together for good. There's a clause there. And the clause is to them that love God. You and I, all things work together for our good as long as we Love God. Now, what am I talking about? Love is an action word. When you say to someone you love them, it's not just about what you're saying. It's about how you demonstrate your love. God has shown us by giving the only son that he had, proving to us how much he loves us. Now, the thing is, I've seen people saying that they love God, but then they give God remnant of their time. They give to God remnant of their skill. And listen, I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about title offering. I'm talking about loving God to the extent that you want to spend time with Him. If you love somebody, you want to spend time with them. If you love somebody, you want whatever that person does to progress. I've seen people, they come to church and they profess to love God, but when it comes to serving, they don't want to serve. When it comes to giving their time, they don't want to do it, but still they profess to love God. I want to challenge you today. If we profess that we love God, then we must be willing to give it all to God. Listen. I've seen people come to church year in, year out, and they just don't want to bother. They don't want to be bothered. They just want to come to church. Hey, hey, I want to challenge you. Loving God is beyond that. Loving God is more than just giving to God the two hours that you come to service. We look at all areas where we can serve the Lord. That is one area to show that we love God. And also, many people just give to God. What will not cost them anything? Say if it's convenient. I'm sorry to say this. I've heard the word like volunteers. I say they are volunteering. So when you volunteer, you only go there because you are not paid. As a child of God, I want to challenge you today. I personally don't use that word volunteer because it's a wrong mindset for any child of God to think that it's a volunteer in the house of God. Listen, it's your father's house. You don't go there to volunteer. Your whole life depends on it. Your whole being depends on it. And you'll be shocked. Because when you begin to serve God in this realm, at this capa- in this capacity, that is when all things around you begin to work for your good. In the book of 2 Samuel 24, 24, King David said to Araunah, Araunah had a land, and King David needed a land to, to use to offer sacrifice on the Lord. As a king, you could have just gone to Araunah and said, give me the land, I'm the king. Uh, 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 even Araunah offered, said, no, you can take it. No, no. King David said, I'm not going to take it for free because I'm not ready to give to God. Something that will not cost me anything. And many times, as Christians, we fall into this trap where we just come into church year in, year out, and still we don't show how much we love God. We see people come to church. We see people just want to give God whatever is convenient for them. I want to challenge you today. There's a greater level of miracle when you begin to show your love for God. Don't forget what I said at the beginning. It is true that God loves you. But do you love God? If you love God, be ready to give some sacrificial commitment to things of God. It could be your church. It could be around you. It could be your community. Something that goes beyond ordinary. Something that is not just at your comfort zone. When people were giving offering in the Bible, Jesus said the widow gave the most. Why did Jesus say that? Because the widow gave all that she had. What God is looking for is you giving it over. Sometimes you see some people have so much money and they give so little. They begin to tell themselves, oh, I've given so much. Whereas in the sight of God, you have not given at all. In the sight of God, you have only given what will cost you nothing. And there are people who have little. And out of the little they have, they have given God so much. When we talk about loving God, it's about pouring yourself to God and letting God take over all areas of your life. And I want to challenge you today. As you make that decision to show your love for God, I want to encourage you. Go extra mile. Don't stop at there. Go and serve. Show the Lord that you love Him. Show the Lord that you are so much in love with Him. Let the Lord know that you appreciate the salvation of your soul. And I also need to say that sometimes we get discouraged. You know, you want to serve and you're thinking, oh, oh, someone, someone offended me. Please don't let that stop you. Please, I want to encourage you. Because sometimes as you begin to serve, as you begin to give your all to Jesus, as you begin to serve to show that you love God, you will face discouragements. Even people might come to you and say, "What is wrong with you? Uh, are you the only? Are you the only Christian here?" You keep your eyes on Jesus as you show your love for God. Remember, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, level six, God is the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. The word there, the key word is diligence. As you continue diligently seeking the Lord and serving the Lord, the Lord is going to reward you. Don't listen to discouragers. Don't listen to people that will tell you, are you the only Christian? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep serving the Lord. And don't forget what I said at the beginning. Serving the Lord. Don't count it as you are volunteering. Don't use that word. Don't say I'm volunteering. Because you don't, you won't expect God to pay you the wages of a volunteer. When people volunteer, they hardly get paid. Don't say that. Let God pay you. As a worker in his vineyard, as you continue to serve the Lord, serve with zeal, serve with passion, serve with love that you have for Christ, even as God has shown you how much He loves you. I want to encourage you, I pray for grace upon grace upon your life, strength upon strength, even as you serve the Lord. May the Lord bless you richly in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing today? Today I want to talk about real joy and peace. Real joy and peace. There's a city in the United Kingdom called Edinburgh. Edinburgh is the northern part of the UK and it's the. it happens to be the capital of Scotland. But the motto of this city is Nisi Dominus Flusta. Nisi Dominus Flusta, which is a Latin word for without the Lord, all is in vain except the Lord builds the house they labor in vain they that build it that's what Psalm 127 says and I believe this particular motto for Edinburgh was taken from the book of Psalms 127 we realize that it does not matter what effort a man puts into life it does not matter how much wealth or riches a man has except the Lord keeps him there's no amount of riches that can keep a man a man can go to bed at night and might not wake up the following morning that is irrespective of how much money he has in his bank account what wakes a man up in the morning is not determined by how much he has in the bank account that means that there are things that money cannot give even happiness that's a slogan that says that money can buy you in bed but money cannot guarantee sleep there are people who sleep on the floor When you go to some poor areas, for example in Africa, or some some places in South America, you see people, they don't even have beds, but they get to sleep well. And there are rich people where they have access to all kinds of comfortable beds, and they struggle to sleep. What this tells us is, it is only the Lord that can guarantee real joy and peace. Money does not guarantee that. Only God guarantees security. Only it is only in God that you can find guaranteed peace and joy, guaranteed security. Sometimes when people build fences around themselves and they still get attacked. So what I'm trying to say is to you is this: God is the only one that can guarantee your security. And what do we need to do? We need to trust Him in all our ways. We need to trust Him. We should not depend. On what we have we should not depend on material things we should not put our trust in money we should not put our trust in riches or in worth in our own strength because the Bible says by strength shall no man prevail we should at all times put our trust in God sometimes people try to see if they can take God out of the equation and then just take happiness take joy as simply like the way C.S. Lewis puts it he said god cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because there's no such thing once we take god out of the equation of our life we are left with nothing the bible says in the book of john chapter 15 5 it says i am divine you are the branches without me you can do nothing you and i can only get the best out of life when we put our trust in god you and I can only get the best out of life, the fulfillment, the total fulfillment of our life. We can only realize that when we give our life to Jesus, when we make him our Lord and Savior, not just because of what we want to get, but to make him the Lord of our lives. That is when the real joy and real peace are guaranteed. I want to encourage you today. If you, as you are listening to me, I beg you, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the right time to do it. This is just the right time to do it. And I'm going to pray for you. Or maybe you have been going to church all this while, but you're you're, you're yet to to, to make Him your personal. You're you're yet to, to make that decision to say you want to follow Jesus. Or maybe you used to go to church and then you, you, you couldn't just make sense out of the old thing and then you kind of went back and now you want to rededicate your life if you don't mind I really like to pray with you Father Lord I want to thank you for my brother watching this video for my sister watching this video even as they are making up their mind to make you the Lord and Savior of, of their lives I pray Lord Jesus that you will come into their hearts and you will even make yourself known more to them. They will have more revelation of who you are. That Lord you will come into their hearts and I pray for them today that that particular peace shall be restored into your life. Whatever the enemy has stolen from you shall be restored in multiple folds. I pray for your joy to be restored. I pray for your peace to be restored. In the mighty name of Jesus. And now that you are in Christ, I pray that victory shall be your testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. I, I'd like to hear from you. You can please send me a message. I don't mind sending you some materials to help you in your journey with Christ. May the Lord bless you real good. Amen. thank you for watching today I want to share with you from the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 15 the first part of Romans 12 15 says rejoice with those that rejoice rejoice with those that rejoice you know that scripture kind of sounds so simple but when you look at us as human sometimes we get jealous when other people are celebrating their success. Sometimes a part of us might kind of feel awkward when we see other people progress in life because we kind of feel like, uh, out of selfishness, in human, we feel like, why not me? Why am I not the one making it? Why am I not the one being celebrated? But the Bible encourages us to rejoice with those that rejoice. Do you know that the sky is big enough to accommodate several birds? The sky can accommodate as many birds at a time where they can fly and they would not even collide with one another. I want you to know that your uniqueness and the grace of God upon your life so manifest without the need to be envious of other people are you hoping that others fail so that you might sell no don't do that don't hope for people to fail because when you hope for them to fail it doesn't take you higher the grace of God upon your life will make you and will help you to achieve your purpose in life that is why Paul is encouraging us to rejoice with people you see the, the truth is the success you despise because I've heard things like when when people are celebrating you will hear you know some other people would say no it's it's it you know it's that that guy that's celebrating is just doing it it's because he's done some dodgy stuff you know is doing only God knows what they are doing no don't despise people Because the success you despise in others might not be yours. The anointing you despise in others might not bless you. When you see other people go high in life, celebrate them, rejoice with them. Because your own time of celebration is coming. When you see other people do well in business, rejoice with them don't be envious don't try to say nasty things about them don't don't try to push them now rejoice with them listen I said it your own time of celebration is coming so why not just trust God for your time trust God for your miracle trust God for your success trust God for your testimony because I'm rest assured that God will make all things beautiful in your life. So make up your mind today. Every time you hear people share testimonies in church, rejoice with them. Are you waiting for your children? Maybe you've been married for a while. You're thinking, when is mine going to come? Or maybe you're just waiting to get the right person to marry. And then you always hear of your friends getting married. Rejoice with them. God has not forsaken you and so what you need to do keep trusting God keep praying work hard because your success is around the corner and you shall be celebrated as well so today I want to challenge you when you hear people share testimonies in church or when your friend walks up to you and they want to share their success story with you don't get mad, don't get envious, don't, don't be jealous. Rejoice with them. Because your testimony is around the corner. And don't forget what I said at the beginning. I said the sky is big enough to, to accommodate several bots without colliding to one another. Someone's success is not gonna take away yours. Let me say that again. Someone's achievement in life will not take away yours. If only you can trust God. God will always make a room for you And that is why when you check our DNA, they're so different We are different we are unique in the sight of God So when you see other people being you know going in life getting uh, uh, things done in life don't be envious celebrate them Celebrate them and rejoice with them. I pray for you even as you celebrate others, as you make that decision today to rejoice with other people. I pray, may you be celebrated as well. May your time of celebration come and stay with you. May people rejoice with you. In your marriage, in your business, may you be celebrated. In your career, may you be celebrated. In all the things that you do, may people rejoice with you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening and God bless you. Hey, hello. How are you doing today? Today, I just want to encourage you to speak life. Speak life to people around you, speak life to your friends, to your family members. To everyone that you come across today. The book of Proverbs 1218 says that the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. It brings healing because our words are so powerful. And if you read again in Proverbs 16 24, it says gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul. And healing to the bones that's how gracious words are words of encouragement words that bring life words that bring healing sweet to the soul you see people are going through a lot people are hurting and whatever you say to them matters you have a chance to speak life into their situation or we could choose to to push them down more into the pit. Words are so powerful. What kind of words are you saying to your children? Yes, what kind of words as a wife are you saying to your husband? What kind of words as a husband are you saying to your wife? Or maybe you're an employer. What kind of words are you speaking to your employees? What kind of words are you speaking to your friends? To your colleagues? You really want to be that person that when people come around to you, they always know that they're going to be encouraged. You might not be able to give money, but I assure you, the words that should be coming out of your mouth, they should be priceless. They should be words of encouragement. I challenge you today I you make that phone call as you send a text to somebody I want to challenge you to speak words of life as you look at your spouse as you look at your children I want you to pronounce words of life upon them don't forget that the words that are spoken recklessly they pierce like swords they don't do any good thing but let it be that your tongue will be as The tongue of the wise, which brings healing. When you see two nations fight against each other, it starts from words because words then lead to action. When you speak words of healing, words of encouragement, you are healing them, you are healing their situation. As you go out today, please choose. speak life choose to speak encouragement choose to speak healing choose to pray for them choose to support them choose to speak to God on their behalf and as you do so I pray for grace upon grace upon you power upon power upon your tongue as you speak life into other people's situation i pray may you find healing in all areas of your life thank you for listening and god bless you the bible makes it really clear in the book of hebrews ten twenty five. this is what it says And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near talking about the return of the Lord Jesus yeah Paul was encouraging us not to forsake our gathering to always try to be together to to appreciate our meetings um, meetings it could be in terms of our local church It could be in terms of prayer groups support groups where we encourage one another and I simply like the way the book of Proverbs 2717 puts it it says iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another what is the main reason why we need to be together number one so that we can sharpen one another the truth is no man is an island no man has it all even as anointed as Moses was the Bible says that when Israel went to battle to fight and Moses was on the mountain thank God for people like Aaron and Hur where they had to support Moses because the instruction was Moses needed to lift off his hands and as long as his hands were off Israel was winning but when he got tired and he started putting his hands down Israel was losing the battle That's a big lesson that God really wants us to learn from that you know like I said Aaron was there so Aaron was supporting Moses hand and her the other guy was supporting Moses hand so they were lifting up his hands and as long as Moses hands were up Israel was winning what it tells us is that no man is an island we need one another I need you you need me I pray for you you pray for me one of the things that the enemies tries to do is to cause confusion to make sure that we keep offending one another you hear reasons why people are leaving the church you hear things like churches you know churches full of hypocrites or the so called believers you know they they, they are not trustworthy you cannot even trust them or someone offended me I cannot stand that brother that sister offended me that is why I left I want to encourage you if you know someone that's left the church their local church their prayer group as a result of an offense I want you to just prayerfully encourage them see what the enemy is trying to do is to separate us and once he can separate people then it can begin to attack them. I pray that you will not be a victim of the enemy's attack in Jesus' name. So the enemy tries to separate people. It takes them out from the fold and then he attacks. Don't forget what the Bible says. When someone breaks the edge, the serpent bites. As long as you're part of a fold, as long as you're part of a covering, there's an anointing, there's a protection which is guaranteed as a group. You know, it's so guaranteed as a group. And that's why it's so important and not just in terms of attack also in terms of support we need to pray for one another we need to support each other i don't know whether you are the one that's been offended by someone in your local church or maybe you've been to many churches and now you're saying i'm just i'm just tired i don't i don't want to, to church anymore i want to encourage you to please go back and tell god to give you the grace i'm actually praying for you you see all of us at one point or another have been offended there will always be offense offenses will always be there but I've made up my mind long time ago that I'm not going to let something you know affect my, my, my contribution to the body of Christ I told myself long time ago I'm not going to let an offense take me out of the fold because that's the lie of the enemy the enemy tries to divide us and then people begin to see all kinds of things I pray for you for grace and like I said if you know someone that just left their church, uh, uh, or maybe they just decided not to be a part of any fold anymore. I pray for them that the Lord will minister to their souls. Don't forget, iron sharpens iron. And when we stick together, we pray for one another. The enemy cannot fight and win. It is only when you begin to fight the battles of life. By yourself, that is why we need each other. We need to support one another. That's why we come up with, with the idea of prayer partners. You know, no matter how strong you are, you cannot be an island. You need people, as a matter of fact. Do you know that God did not create man to be alone? God did not create man to be alone. It does not matter how intelligent or how much of uh, 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 scriptures you know, or how much you know, how powerful your, your prayer life is, you still need people you need people when you look at the history uh, uh, of many people in the Bible you will see how God positioned different people at different times you know for them so you and I need each other we need to pray for one another we need to support one another we need to make sure that we're always there and we must not listen to the lies of the enemy may God bless you richly in the mighty name of Jesus amen Hello, how you doing today? Today I want to talk about the love of God. The way God loves, it's so reckless. We are not saying that God is reckless. No, that's not what we're saying. We are saying that the way God loves is reckless. God loves without putting into consideration your past. God loves you irrespective of who you are. God loves you irrespective of what people call you. I simply like the way the book of 1st John chapter 4 verse 9 to 11 puts it I'm gonna read 1st John chapter 4 9 to 10 it says this is how God showed his love among us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins the past and the future Since God sent his son to cure us to save us and this is the way for us to understand that you are priceless you see the amount of money you are willing to pay for an item when you go shopping or when you want to buy stuff online the amount of money you are willing to pay for that item is a function of how much you value that item that is why when you see people go to auctions and they are bidding they are placing bids you will hear millions at times being paid. You might be asking and say, "But it's not worth it. But I tell you, to the person that is purchasing it, it means a lot. That is why people are willing to pay so much money for things like a frame of painting. Do you know that the highest value was placed on your life? Do you know the highest price that heaven could give was placed to purchase your eternity. Do you know the highest of all the things, both in heaven and earth, was what was given to buy your eternity? Because to God, you are priceless. When God looks at you, God says, What is the highest item? What is the highest I can pay for this person's soul? And that's why God did not send an angel, God did not send a prophet. God did not use animals. God sent his only son to show you how much he values you, to show you how much he loves you. That is why when you look at yourself in the mirror, you need to see someone that is of high value to God. God calls you priceless. I know you might be going through challenges today, but let me just remind you, everyone does. The most important thing is when you look at yourself in the mirror, you have to see a person that has been fearfully and wonderfully considered by God. People might call you useless. They might call you all kinds of names. But I want to remind you, you are so valuable to God. And God was willing to go any extent to get you that salvation. That's why today I want to encourage you. If you are yet to experience this love, God has offered you this love. All you have to do is just come to Him. You didn't have to pay with your own blood. You didn't have to pay with your life. God has come by sending His Son to die for your sins. And today I want to encourage you to please give your life to Jesus. And all you need to do is just accept the gift of salvation. Because of this, kind of crazy love that God has shown towards you. I pray that you would experience it more in your life. Today is the day. I don't want you to delay it. Today is the day of salvation. Please give your life to Jesus. Please give your life to Jesus. God has shown you, and I want you to know, even if you were the only person on the planet Earth, Jesus would have still come to die for you. That's why the Bible says he left the 99 to look for the one. Jesus was telling us how important, how valuable we are to God, how priceless you are to God. I want to pray for you today. Even as you're making up your mind, as you're making a decision to follow Jesus with the whole of your heart, I want you to know that he loves you so much. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. And as you give your life to him, you will begin to experience this love all around in all areas of your life so what are you waiting for even as you make up your mind as you make up your mind as you make a decision to follow him i pray that the lord will fill your heart that the peace of the lord will fill your heart in the mighty name of jesus please i really like to hear from you i like you can send me a message and i will be praying for you as well thank you and god bless you Love of God